And welcome to season three of the JKR podcast presented by JKR Baseball. My name is Jay Shriglin and I will be your host. We're excited to continue the JKR podcast with season three of episodes. This season, we are expecting many great series with top-tier travel organizations across the country, while we also spotlight commits, collegiate, and professional players from across the United States. It is our goal to be the player's platform for all of prep baseball. As we continue to do this, make sure to stay on top of the J-Care podcast episodes, but also tune into the other features that J-Care Baseball presents. That includes blogs like the lineup card written by John Sparacco, player-based events like Battle of Indiana, Summit City Baseball Academy, and other events being announced very, very soon. With Season 3, that comes two new programs for athletes to enjoy. Those are the JKR Brand Ambassador Program and the JKR Athlete Creators Program. To stay on top of all these features, check out jkrpodcast.com to learn more. I genuinely appreciate everything you guys have done for me and the JKR brand over the past two years, and I hope to continue to build both the JKR brand and the game of baseball for years to come. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. J.K.R. Baseball is ecstatic to announce Cradle Batweights as the official sponsor of the Ohio Baseball Series. Check out the all-new Crado Swing Trainers at CradoSports.com. This weight is unlike any other weight available. It is designed to be attached at the hands, given optimal benefits. This unique placement will improve hand speed, bat head speed, exit velocity, and power all while creating proper swing mechanics. The cradle bat weight can be used with T-work, front toss, machines, and even batting practice, all while using your own bat. More benefits can be found at cradosports.com. Cradle bat weights range from 10 ounces to 40 ounces, ensuring that the perfect weight for all levels. Visit cradosports.com and use the code CRADO10 for 10% off. Other products offered through Crater Sports are tees, nets, weighted balls and back grips, high-quality training aids, and competitive prices. Check out CraterSports.com today, and let's dig into the episode. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have Bo Jackson Elites, Director of Baseball Operations and Player Development. We got Brandon Zink. On the JKR podcast for the Ohio Baseball Series, presented by Crado Batweights. Brandon, pumped to get you here on the show to kind of spotlight your career, spotlight this Bo Jackson program that I've heard a lot these past couple of weeks as I've dug into this Ohio Baseball Series. You know, Brandon, pumped to get you on the show. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm good, Jace. I, I appreciate you having me on. Awesome. And again, you know, appreciate you coming on the show again. I've been kind of excited to be digging into this. I know I reached out there about a week ago. So uh, some kind of good afternoon interview going on talking about this Bo Jackson program. But, you know, before we talk about your baseball career, before we talk about Bo Jackson, I got one question I always like to ask everybody to get the podcast started. And that is for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Brandon Zink? Yeah, so I'm I'm Brandon Zink. Uh, I'm the director of baseball operations and player development here at Bo Jackson's Elite Sports. I'm actually at the facility right now. Um, I also am a uh, an assistant coach at Ohio Wesleyan University. So, uh, kind of juggling a lot of things uh, during you know my current baseball roles. But uh, yeah, it's those are the two things I'm. Uh, I'm doing right now. So, okay. So I do want to throw it back there before Ohio Wesleyan, before Jordan yep. Bo Jackson as well. I'm um, just kind of take us through your baseball upbringing. Where did that passion for baseball come from? You know, kind of take us through those early years. Yeah. So uh, growing up, I grew up in uh, Canton, Ohio. Um, my love and passion for baseball really just 
started at a young age, uh, like most, you know, youth players do, you know, started in, in T-ball and you move up through coach pitch and all, and all the, the kind of progression there. Um, I would say my passion really just came out through, uh, just playing baseball, um, it, you know, through the, through the system at, at uh, the JBA was what it was called Jackson baseball association. Um, and then uh, me and my, my brother and my friends, we grew up on a cul-de-sac and we probably had, I can't, I don't even know, maybe 10 to 12 kids that uh, were all around the same age as myself and my brother. So we would play, you know, pick up games in our cul-de-sac and my dad would be all time pitcher. And that's really, I think where my passion for the game of baseball uh, really just, kind of blossomed when I was uh, a, a young kid. Um, and then as I got older, just, you know, just really fell in love with, it. I, I didn't really play any other sports um, growing up uh, from a high school and, you know, really competitive level standpoint. So it's just always like a baseball kid growing up. And um, my dad and brother, we'd go to a lot of professional games. And um, I would say that really, just kind of built and, and, and continued my, my passion for, for the game of baseball. It's really where I learned baseball was attending a lot of the, a lot of the pro games that we did at big yeah. Cleveland Indians fan growing up. So. Okay. So going to those Indian games, you know, going and playing baseball there in that cul-de-sac, you know, kind of expressing that love for baseball. I believe it leads you there to Notre Dame college. Go take us through what that baseball career was like there. Maybe even the recruiting process that went into there at Notre Dame College, kind of what was that experience like? Sure, yeah, my uh, so my college baseball experience or my experience getting to college baseball was actually a lot different than people, um, you know, probably nowadays or, or any any traditional recruiting, if you will. Um, so I went to school originally just to be a student uh, at University of Cincinnati, and I really going through high school, I I, I wanted to play college baseball, but um, I was kind of at a crossroads. Like I, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life. And uh, I guess this is might sound like a, a, a rant or advice for, for high school athletes now, but I, you know, one thing I didn't do was do what I wanted to do. I kind of listened to what other people told me I should do. And um, that's how I started at Cincinnati and don't get me wrong. Love the university of Cincinnati, but I just missed, playing baseball and uh, I knew I wanted to, to coach and, and go into sports in general um, but specifically as a coach so um, when I got probably a year through through school at Cincinnati I just told myself I was like man this isn't what I wanted to do I, I want to play baseball I started out in a different major uh, uh, ended up doing sports management um, at Cincinnati my second year there but I was there for two years, like I said, missed playing baseball. So uh, how I got to Notre Dame was um, had some tough conversations with my parents said, Hey, this isn't what I want to do. You know, I want to play baseball. I want to, I want to do coaching and sports management and, and, and find a place that's going to help me get to, to what I want to do uh, in my, in my future endeavors. So I just started shooting emails out to schools that I thought I could play baseball. At. I, I, I knew I wasn't a, a division one athlete um, really wasn't sure where I fit. So I just, I shot out some emails and uh, I was lucky enough to have coach Weissiple, who was the head coach at Notre Dame at the time. 
invite me up for a visit. Um, and that's kind of how that all, how that all came about at Notre Dame, went up there for a visit, um, really connected with coach Weissapel and the rest is, is history. So, okay. So as you, as you're there at Cincinnati, you kind of start to realize that, you know, coaching is definitely going to be in your future. Maybe that's something that you more want to do. You start reaching out to these colleges, you know, I guess, what was that motivation to become a coach? I guess, when did you start to realize that that's actually what you want to do instead of maybe realizing that you didn't want to follow what other people wanted you to do. Just take us through that motivation and then maybe how that coaching career got started after that playing career came to an end or when it, well, I guess whenever that was that you actually did become a coach and you realized that was kind of something you want to do in the future. Sure. Yeah. So going back to what I was, I was saying a few minutes ago with the professional baseball stuff, like um, I've always enjoyed the um, X's and O's. I've always enjoyed the, um, I call it player development, call it, baseball operations stuff that happens in major league baseball. That's always been a, a, a passion and, and a, um, an interest of mine. So that's, I think what really sparked my desire to coach and, and go into sports management. I, I'll say this when I was, you know, when I was a young kid, even before I got into high school, I always had a passion for, you know, whether it was baseball operations or, or scouting or coaching, I didn't know what, what was what back then? I, I really didn't do a ton of research. Um, uh, so as I got into college, and I really started to to dive deeper into and and to show my age here. When I was younger, like computers were when you had to like log in and and dial up and all that stuff. When I was a young kid, so doing that research wasn't like a normal thing where I could just pop on my cell phone and 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 Google something. Um, so when I, when I got older and, and got into high school and, and ultimately got into college and I started doing more research on, on what different positions entailed and, and what, you know, really interests me, that's, I would say where like my, my desire and passion for, for coaching and, or, or really just, I should say, like for working in baseball came into, uh, came into play. I would say coaching that the desire to coach and work in player development came, a little bit more down the road when, um, and I don't want to get too ahead of, of you with questions here, but when I got into uh, uh, helping my um, my high school with uh, their summer baseball organization, and and even and even a little bit with uh, their uh, winter uh, team trainings that they did um, back when I was you know home for for winter break and didn't have anything else going on. So that's really where that, I would say that coaching, that, that passion to coach came into play. Okay. So you talk about, you know, going and coaching there for your brother's summer program. You also early on within your coaching career had a chance to be, was it like a youth instructor for the Cleveland Indians organization? Take us through, you know, what exactly was that? What the role look like and how'd you get connected with that Cleveland Indians organization? Yeah. So that was, uh, that was awesome. So when I, when I came out of college, um, I, I was, I was actually kind of bouncing around. I, I obviously went to college at Notre Dame, which is in Cleveland, kind of bouncing around home, which is Canton and, and Cleveland, uh, ultimately got a position with Ace Baseball, which was stationed in Cleveland. They were partnered with, uh, or, or actually not just partnered, but they had created the Cleveland Indians Youth Baseball Program. And uh, 
it was kind of a kind of a grassroots starter thing at the time where um, they had started this program. They partnered with the Indians, started this program, and it really started to grow in 2013, 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Um, with that, we we did camps all around Cleveland. So it would be, you know, east side, west side, independence, and we would just travel around every week doing a different camp. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was awesome. We would have current, current or, uh, I guess now former Cleveland Indians players uh, come out and uh, help with the camps. Trevor Bauer came out, Cody Allen, um, Travis Hafner came out. So we had a lot of cool interactions with, with, uh, with those players. And just really, it was, um, it was really just about connecting youth players in, Cle in the Cleveland area with uh, the Cleveland Indians and, um, you know, teaching them just really basic uh, baseball skills and, um, you know, kind of growing the love for, for the game. And, and like I said, connecting them with the professional baseball team around there um, on top of it. So. Okay. So you talk about, you know, that ACE program being connected with the Cleveland Indians. I'm assuming that may have some sort of relationship with that Chicago White Sox ACE team on there in Chicago no, or. It's not, it was its own, it was its own thing. So, uh, so ACE, ACE baseball actually stood for um, amateur coaches, education, baseball uh, or program uh if you will um so what that uh what ace was essentially created for was as a coach's education program uh and that was created by by neil packnick who's ironically our our gm here at uh, bo jackson's elite sports now that's how that's how uh, this relationship kind of evolved but uh going back to ace so started as a coach's education program we also had travel teams and we would go around. It was, it was essentially similar to the, to the Cleveland Indians um, model too, where we would go around and do camps and stuff. We just weren't um, under the Cleveland Indians name, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, we, we did camps. We did uh, coaches education clinics um, and it was, it was awesome. I, I think I worked there for uh, three years. Ultimately I, I started off as just a, 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 a uh, an instructional coach and worked my way up to to general manager for the last couple of months of its existence before coming down to to Bo Jackson's. Okay, so you know you, you end up there to that general manager role for Ace Baseball. You end up going to Bo Jackson, which I do want to dig into there for that first stint. I believe you you end up leaving there for a couple of years to go work with another major league organization there, that Tampa Bay Rays organization. Take us through what exactly was that role? How did you connect it with the Rays? What was the motivation to go work for a major league organization like that? Take us through what that role all entailed. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, like you mentioned, I, I spent four years from 2016 to 2020 um, at Bo Jackson's uh, as the assistant director of baseball operations. Um, and then in, in 2020, and, and this goes back to what, what you and I were just talking about a few minutes ago, I've always been super interested in, in professional baseball. It's just always, it's always kind of had, had a soft spot in my heart. So um, I was just through some feelers out there. I, I, I've made connections throughout my years in the game through some feelers out there and the Rays had offered me a, what's called a minor league affiliate intern role, which is um, you're, you're essentially an extension of the, of the coaching staff. Um, my, my duties involved uh, 
uh, video and advanced scouting. So taking video of players during games, during practices, whatever the coaching staff needed at that time. And then um, also the adva advanced scouting part. So understanding what, what was coming up from uh, a pitching standpoint, a hitter standpoint through the various series. Um, I would have been stationed in Bowling Green, Kentucky with this, with their uh, single A team. Um, but of course COVID hit and uh, that's kind of what, what ruined my, my, uh, my uh, opportunity with the Rays. So um, it was a cool experience. I, I was with them for about three months uh, in 2020 and then um, yeah, ended up staying down in Florida and, and uh, I don't know if you were going to get into it, but I ended up staying down in Florida and, and coaching at St. Petersburg college then for a couple months after that, before coming back to Bo Jackson's elite sports. Okay. So I was going to get into St. Petersburg. I mean, you kind of touched on it there, but uh, you know, you talk about ace baseball, you talk about how, you know, Trevor Bowers come in there, Travis Hafner, Cody Allen, you know, throughout your baseball career, throughout your coaching career so far, you know, you've had the opportunity to work with some of those professional players. I'm sure you've had to work with some, maybe some former pro coaches as well, going through getting that experience, maybe seeing how they go about their business, maybe picking their brains as well. I um, mean, just, you know, overall the past 10 years being a coach, I'm sure there's been a lot of lessons for you. Take us through maybe some of the biggest lessons that you've learned, maybe some of the biggest uh, opportunities that's kind of came across in your coaching career. Take us through what exactly does that look like and what have been some of those lessons so far within, you know, even though it's been 10 years, you're still a pretty young guy. So, you know, what's been, what's been some of those biggest lessons for you so far? Yeah. Biggest thing is, is building relationships. Um, you know, anytime you're working with a player, whether it's the, the, the first time you're meeting them or, you know, five, six, whatever years into knowing them, connecting with them on a personal level is, is the biggest thing in my eyes. Um, getting to know how they learn, what makes them tick, um, how they talk, what, what, you know, what the, the lingo they use, um, just connecting with them on that personal level. Cause it's ultimately about, about them. It's their career. Um, that's, that's something I always say. It's, it's, it's ultimately the player's career, you know, as a coach, we want to make an impact, um, but we got to, we got to understand that it's, you know, it's, it's their career. So um, that's the, the the biggest thing for me is that. And then, and then just being a, uh, being a, a lifelong learner, trying, trying to be open-minded as you're, as you're going through the process. Um, I, I, I'm a big believer in uh, understanding there's multiple ways of doing things, multiple ways of saying things. Um, so I'm always trying to stay open-minded. I, I enjoy going to coaches clinics and, and learning. And, and you mentioned all the connections, just making those connections and, and just picking the brains of whoever I can, um, whoever I come across to, to just learn new ways of, like I said, new ways of doing things, new ways of, of saying things, new drills, um, you know, whatever, whatever to stay up to date in the, uh, in the baseball world. Okay, so you talk about staying up to date within the baseball world. Obviously, when you were starting that baseball career, it was a little bit ago. I guess kind of take us through for these guys who are or maybe players wanting to break into that coaching world, maybe guys who are, you know, again, like yourself, maybe getting finally getting that motivation to go chase that dream of being a coach. What would be that advice you have for new coaches when it comes to maybe entering the game in today's world? Yeah, a couple of things. I, I would say, I would say one, just be invested. I would say, um, I think, and, and this isn't a knock on anybody, but this is, I, I think a lot of people think that they're going to, they're going to get into coaching and it's going to ultimately click and, or, or they're going to get into coaching. And it's going to be a, a part-time thing. I, I think 
invest, invest in what you're doing, invest in the players, understand that if, um, if you're in it for the money, it's probably not going to work out, but if you're in it for the love of the game and, and for the players, then ultimately the, you know, the, the jobs and, and, and money will come. Um, that's one of my biggest, that's one of my biggest pieces of advice to anybody. And then also just be open-minded. Don't, don't jump in and, and be super coach, you know, be open-minded, be, you know, be uh, willing to listen more than you, you are, you know, willing to, to just jump in there and, and, and shoot out ideas. Um, obviously there's a time and place for, for everything, but you got to find a balance. Um, but yeah, definitely listen more than, more than you talk and, and learn from the players. I, I mean, the players are going to teach you a lot uh, in regards to how you coach, uh, how you co how to coach them and, and how, how to interact with them and um, ultimately just look to build relationships and, um, and uh, you know, don't, don't um i would say don't uh put you know don't, don't put anybody beneath you if you will uh tr try to try to lift everybody up um and kind of think everybody think of everybody as equals in in your world and um you know i, th I think good things happen then and uh yeah that, that's i think that's the, the the biggest pieces of advice i would give okay. to any aspiring coach all right. So, you know, as we've talked about your career so far, I know I did skip over that first stint with the Bo Jackson staff. No, that's obviously let's dig into it. Obviously, the reason we got connected for you being that director of operations for this Bo Jackson elite squad, I guess, take us through originally joined them in 2016. I guess, where did that come from? What, what all did that job entail? Take us through there that first stint um, with that Bo Jackson elite squad. Sure. Yeah. So I, I started, like I mentioned, I started as the assistant director of baseball operations um, really just doing, really just doing, uh, anything that the, our director gave me, um, whether it was running camps, running programs, um, selling, I, that you just asked me what's something, what's other advice I would give people is don't be afraid to, to be a salesman and, and do things that aren't just coaching. But anyway, that's, that's, uh, neither here nor there. Um, but selling, uh, um, building relationships. I mean, it was, it was a plethora of things. It was, it was uh, kind of all over the map um, overseeing our travel coaches, making sure they're, they're doing what, what was necessary to provide a good experience to our players. Um, as I got into being the director of baseball operations, my role, I would say it didn't change a whole lot, but it, it did evolve uh, with the addition of, the recruiting, uh, recruiting stuff, getting players, um, or I should say guiding players through the recruiting process, working on getting them recruited or, or seen, um, building those connections for them, um, having those conversations with them and their families. That that's one thing that I will say has, has been added a little bit more to my plate. Um, and then just really overseeing the growth of our Bo Jackson elite, uh, baseball organization, our travel baseball organization. Okay, so as you talk about the growth, obviously we're at a point now, you know, I was digging through, looks like, you know, a lot of the guys from the state of Ohio who are going to that next level, going to Power 5, you know, a lot of them are Bo Jackson players that play for BG, BGA, um, you know, quite a bit. But I want to take us through that, you know, through that first initial stint with the Bo Jackson Elite Squad. Um, let's take us through, where were they at at that moment in time? Where did you see them grow throughout those first couple of years? 
within that first stint? Kind of take us through where you saw Bo Jackson at that moment during that first stint. Sure. Yeah. So that during that first stint, actually, um, we didn't have a facility. We didn't have the Bo Jackson lead organization didn't exist. Uh, we actually grew it from the ground up. I mean, no pun intended there, uh, but the facility was built within a couple months of, of myself getting hired. Um, and then we started off with four, I believe four travel teams uh, and then grew to, I think it was 10, 10 or 12 the following year. And now we're at 27. So um, starting that first year, we had, I think it was two 16s, a 17 and an 18 U team. Uh, or maybe it was, sorry, I, I sorry, I, I lied. It was two 16s and two 17 U teams. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head how many of those guys went to play college, but a good majority did. And they would have gone to play college without us regardless. But we what we offered for them was a, a, a a facility for them to train um, year round. Uh, our facility opened in January of 2017. So even though I, you know, got hired in 2016, like I said, we, we did a lot of the leg work beginning in 2016 and then the facility opened in 2017. And from there, we just hit the ground running, um, developing training programs and, and getting our players, um, you know, in, in, in spots to, to, be physically ready for college and then ultimately, you know, work through the recruit, help them work through the recruiting process to ultimately get, um, you know, when they got to that, that spot, get, get recruited, uh, whether it was one year or two years down the road there. Okay. So, you know, as you guys were starting off that Bo Jackson elite squad, I guess during that first stint, it says you were coaching that Kangalosi black Sox in the Bo Jackson elite. Was that, I guess, how do those two play a role? How are they related? And how does that relate to the Bo Jackson sports Dome, Bow Dome, whatever you call it. I um, mean, you know, that's one thing I am kind of confused on as I've been kind of going through the relationship between Bo Jackson Elite and this Bo Jackson Dome, the the relation between the Black Sox and Bo Jackson. You know, kind of give us the rundown. How do those two organizations correlate with each other? Yeah, so I'll, I'll even go, I'll even take it a step further for you. So um, our facility is, is the second of now three facilities. Uh, our initial facility was in, uh, or is, I should say, is in Lockport, Illinois. And the Cangelosi Cangel Sparks are their travel teams, and they're widely widely known throughout the Midwest um, as, as a top organization. And when our facility was built, we, um, you know, we wanted to do travel teams. We wanted, we wanted to have our own teams here. Uh, that's how the Bo Jackson Elite brand came about. Um, with, with, uh, those initial teams, we had the Bo Jackson elite teams and we had Cangelosi Black Sox and essentially it was called AB. It was like an AB deal where our BJE or Bo, Bo Jackson elite teams were our A squad and our Black Sox teams were like our B squad, um, couple years down the road, we started to notice that a lot of our, you know, when we got into training the players and, and, you know, just players getting better within our organization, we kind of said, Oh, all right, well, we're noticing that a lot of our Cangelosi or our B squad type players were essentially reaching that a level. And instead of playing this game of, of a and B where so many, you know, so many, people and, and parents and players 
uh, in the world of travel baseball get, um, you know, get locked up on. We just said, well, let's call all of our teams Bojackson Elite and try and kind of have one umbrella brand that we can really pub out and market out and, and um, just get everybody on the same page, doing the same stuff. Uh, everyone essentially was was hearing the same verbiage and going through the same drills and the same training just as two different entities. But now it's all one and it just it's it's essentially become a, a giant family if you will so so it's been it's been awesome to have that that cohesion now Mm -hmm. so with that with this bow dome here in ohio being the third bow dome obviously talk about the kangaloski sparks being out of that first one in lockport is there still a relation between the sparks and you guys or for the most part have you guys kind of grow grown away from each other as you guys have become more bo jackson elite in there obviously the kangaloski sparks that everybody talks about yeah yeah we're our own we're our own team we'll call it a call it a sister organization, if you will. Um, but yeah, we're our own organization that they, they have their teams that train out of their facilities. We have our, our teams that train out of our, at our, out of our facilities. Um, we'll collaborate on different stuff. Uh, we'll, we've even tried to set up some different round robins and, and, and things to where our teams play their teams. Um, we use, we utilize each other's connections from a college recruiting standpoint, but yeah, we are our own organization. Okay, so as more of those guys on that B team became more of those A-level players, you guys wanted to brand everything as the same, decide to go to Bo Jackson Elite to the point now to where you guys are at, I think you said 27 teams going into this past summer. I guess take us through that decision to potentially go down from just 17, 16U to adding a 15, adding a 14U. Take us through those decisions to continuously grow this Bo Jackson Elite program. Yeah, I mean, it's really happened organically. So (laughs) we – the travel teams are a big part of our business. We don't make a, we don't really make a lot of money on them, but it, they feed our, our other, um, our other programs and lessons that we offer within the facility. Um, but our, our goal, our ultimate goal was to be a leader in the youth baseball world um, with our travel teams and, and, and offer a really good travel baseball experience for players in, in central Ohio. Uh, when we made the decision, if you will, I, I mean, it was a, a kind of a predetermined decision, but um, we knew we wanted to grow as we jumped into that second and third and fourth and so on year of, of existence. We knew we wanted to grow. We knew we wanted to get teams at the youth levels that, you know, we could develop and, and show that we have, you know, a, a proof of the pudding, if you will, uh, to where we train the players year round, we, we get them the correct, um, the correct teachings and, and get them, you know, developed from youth to, to middle school, all the way to high school and get them ready for, for high school and, uh, and beyond. One of the things we, we try to pride ourselves on with each level is to just get them ready for that next level. So like if a player is a 10 U player, our goal is just to get them ready for, for 11U and make sure that they're ready for that next level. If, if it's a 14U player, our goal is to get them ready for high school. If they're in high school, our goal is to get them ready for, for college baseball. So we run a lot of our practices in the offseason like a high school or college program would, um, where they're working with their positional guys and they'll get their team time uh, later in the practice. Um, so it's, it's really cool. It's, it's been awesome to see. We've had 
really the, the team that I coach right now is, is one of the first teams that we'll have go from youth all the way through the high school level. Um, and, and you see, you see the players that are in here in the, in the facility that have been here for, for a long time, the, um, the development and training, how much has really paid off for them. And it, it's been awesome to see. Yeah. So obviously when you are doing a lot of this growing, especially in an industry like this, where there's a lot of competitors around, I'm sure there were some challenges when it came to that growth, adding these teams, adding players, kind of take us through maybe the challenges that came along with you guys adding these teams, going out and trying to get more and more players, maybe even the ups and downs of this growth as well. Cause like any other business, there's ups and downs, there's good days, there's bad days. Take us through maybe some of the challenges and what those ups and downs look like as you guys grew this Bo Jackson elite organization. Sure. Yeah. I would say our, one of my biggest focuses has, has, has been getting the right coaches in our, in our doors and, and coaching our teams. Um, I wouldn't say that's been a challenge, but it, it is, it is um, when you're looking to grow a culture in an organization, you, those people are, are so valuable uh, and keeping them around is, is so valuable in, in the growth of your organization. So I would say that's one of the things that I I try so hard on is is to get the right people in involved in our organization from from coaches to all the way down to players to get getting people that are in it for the right reasons um you know understanding the process it, it, that travel baseball is is a process oriented experience if if you want to go down the talk go down the road and talk about getting recruited um so get like I said, getting the, the right people in here and 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 bought in and and uh, kind of on the same page with what we're trying to do. I would say that that's been one of our biggest challenges, um, if you will. It's it's just something we're we're always going to fight on a on a daily basis. But like I said, we we believe in what we do. We have a really awesome staff and and uh, uh, our our coaches are, are phenomenal uh, at the youth level at the high school level. Um, so getting them, like I said, getting them bought in, getting them, um, you know, getting, getting them to understand we're, we're all in this together and, and we're all in it for the players. And that's, uh, I would say that's, like I said, I, I think that's one of the biggest things that's helped us grow and, and become what we are today. Okay. So as you talk about that awesome staff that you guys have there for that Bo Jackson elite program, obviously, as you guys continue to grow, go and searching for new coaches, coaches, you said you wanted to find guys who were in it for the right reasons. I guess beyond that, how did you go about finding some of these new coaches to coach some of those teams that maybe you couldn't coach, or maybe some of the other big, you know, other guys involved in the organization couldn't coach. What exactly were you looking for in coaches when you were looking for new guys to add to that Bo Jackson staff? Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I would say everybody's different. I, I mean, we've, we've found people through word of mouth. We've had people reach out to us. Um, the biggest thing is just getting them when we bring them in to, to interview uh, or, or to uh, kind of vet them. We, we try to just make sure that they have a desire, they have a passion. They're not just in it for the money or if it's a, or if it's a, um, a, a volunteer parent coach, they're not just in it to, you know, start a new, you know, dad, start a new team and, and get his son to play shortstop type idea. We want people that, want to help players get better um, that want to help players get to the next level that have a passion for the game. 
Um, I mean, everyone's different. I, I think everyone brings something different to the table. I, I don't think there's one right way or wrong way to coach, but I think those little things, like I just mentioned, passion for the game, desire to help players get better. Those are the things that are really going to, going to help um, a coach succeed at, at the travel baseball level. The other thing I, we joke about it in here, but like, it's almost like the person that's a little bit crazy uh, or, or comes off a little crazy as, you know, for, for, uh, from a, uh, a crazy about baseball or, or like on a crazy standpoint, it's like, those are the types of people that really thrive in this, in this industry. I feel like with like people that almost care too much. If you're an outsider, you say, Oh man, that guy really cares too much, but it's, they care, right. It's, it's, that's the biggest thing. Like I mentioned a few minutes ago with, with the players, it's their career. So understanding that it's about them and, and you're really there to help them. So I'm sure that has the, I'm sure that has the makings of, you know, building a pretty good culture there within that Bo Jackson elite program. I do want to touch on the culture there in a little bit. And I was scrolling, yeah. through, scrolling through last night. I saw something about, uh, it might be a saying that you guys have something about culture. I do want to dig into that and the culture that you guys have been able to build throughout this whole process and grow in Bo Jackson elite. But obviously you're not, it's not a one man staff there when you guys started, that organization so we started the travel program went through, I guess, who were some of those other key people when it came to starting those travel organizations, going from that A and B team with the black Sox with the elite to making just Bo Jackson elite going through growth of 27 teams who have been some of those other people who have played key roles within that development process and just that involvement for uh, Bo Jackson elite. Yeah, there's, there's so many to name. I would say um, Neil Packnick has been one he was from the beginning, he was our director of baseball operations. He's been one that's really helped us grow um, from a relationships and, and recruiting standpoint, Corey Valentine's been, been a staple for us um, from a, an instruction standpoint, uh, Jordan Cairo is our hitting coordinator here. So uh, him and I, or I should say him and our, the rest of our staff and myself, we uh, we collaborate from a hitting standpoint to make sure our hitters are are getting the same message and 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 getting um, you know getting the training that they need. Um, but yeah, there's there's so many people that I could name that have that have really um, you know really been a staple in helping us grow. We re- recently added Brian Thacker to the mix. He came from Ohio Elite. Came over from Ohio Elite. He's uh, he's now our youth coordinator, and uh, he's from what he's been doing for the last couple of months with our youth guys. I mean, he's, he's really, I think our, our youth side of our business is really going to, going to take off with the addition of him. Okay. So, you know, we've talked a lot about the operation side here, doing to flip that around to the player development, because you are the director of player development there for bro Jackson lead as well. Take us through on that side of things. You know, what does that role look like on the player development side? Maybe going through, I know you talked about how I think this upcoming class is the first class that's maybe gone through the entire program going from the youth all the way up till 17 U. take us through what that player development side looks like there in your role. Yeah. So it's essentially, it, uh, it's such a broad term um, player development, but for, for my, for, for me, the, the, uh, I would say that that term is, is really just my involvement with our practice planning, our our, really from our practice planning all the way down to like our, our program planning um, and making sure we have what we need for, for everything, you know, everything that we do, whether that's technology, whether that's 
um, training aids, whatever. Um, but yeah, from the, from the Bojacks and elite standpoint, myself and our coaches, there's so many people involved, but myself and, and a couple of our other coaches, as we jump into our off season training, we all collaborate on, on what we want to cover, um, how we're going to cover it, you know, what, what our rotations look like, what our, um, curriculum, if you will, looks like, uh, I would say that's my, <laughs> from, from being the director of player development, that's really what my position entails is making sure everyone has what they need. Everyone's on the same page, um, making sure, you know, we're, we're throwing when we need to, or ramping up when we need to, where, um, you know, not just going from A to Z in, in a practice and we're making sure that we cover all of our bases from, you know, from the start of our practices, which is usually the first week of November, all the way through from the high school level through uh, mid-February before they jump into their high school seasons. And then from the youth level, you know, all the way up till they, till they start games in March, April, May. So. So as we talk about development, obviously you talk about how practices are starting there in November, all the way up till games are getting started there in the spring. We are in that main point of this in the year where development's key. Obviously that's kind of pretty much everyone's main focus throughout the off season. Take us through for a Bo Jackson elite player. They're joining the organization. What does that offseason generally look like for them, team-wise, individual-wise? I believe from an outsider looking in, you guys maybe practice more than that traditional travel team that's traveling around a lot, guys from different areas. So I guess what are the benefits to that? What does that training look like in the offseason? What is that, you know, schedule looking like for a Bo Jackson player? Kind of give us the rundown there on that offseason development for Bo Jackson Elite's programs and, and players. Yeah. So depending on the level you're at, uh, we either practice once or twice a week. Every every one of our players get a membership to the facility first off. So whether they're, you know, whether they're practicing once or twice a week, they can come in any day during the week and get in hitting, fielding, whatever they need to uh, within our facility. But our our teams um, are not our eight U and nine U teams practice once a week our 10U to 13U teams practice twice a week. And then our 14U and up teams practice once a week, mainly because they either play middle school or high school baseball where they're getting something else throughout the week. Um, like we mentioned, uh, we start November, first weekend of November, and we go all the way up until, uh, for high schoolers, we go all the way up until they start their high school baseball season. It's about 13 weeks, I think is what it breaks down to, or 14 weeks. We usually take a, a holiday break, which is essentially two practices off in December, um, just to give them some time to spend with their families and, and travel and all that stuff. Um, and then we, like I said, we go all the way to mid, mid February with, with the high school guys, with the youth guys, they go same thing, November 1st or whatever, whatever that first week in November is all the way until their season start. Typically it's through April or, or through the middle of April for them. Obviously we live in Ohio, so we got to deal with the weather. Um, so they, they, they practice all the way up until they can get outside and start, start their games. Um, yeah, that's, that's really from an off season standpoint, what they, what they get. And then um, our curriculum for the, for the, I'll just speak on the high school portion here. Uh, the curriculum that we build myself and our instructors and our coaches, we, we start off really just basic getting players back into the swing of it. If we, you know, we got to understand if they, if we had players playing fall baseball or playing uh, football or, or if they play another sport, um, what they, 
you know, w- when they last did something, right. W- whether it was baseball related or not. Um, so we try to really just start kind of, uh, with a, a skeleton kind of schedule in, in, in November where we're really just breaking down mechanics and fundamentals. And then as we start to, to, uh, get in December and into December, we do more group work, um, start adding meat to the bone. And then w- once we get to January, we really start revving things up. We'll have pitchers throw, making sure they're getting ready for their high school seasons. Um, and then at the youth level, it, it's similar to that, a little bit more expanded, but we try to add, once we get into um, January and February, we try to add some time for for them to get with their teams and, and incorporate team things, team defense, bunt plays, um, pitcher versus hitter, on-field BP. We do have a major league size infield in the facility, so we can do a lot of different things in here from a practice standpoint. I like how you talk about, you know, you live in Ohio, so you have to make sure that you're you know, working around that weather. Obviously, that's why that dome plays such a huge role for you guys, I'm sure, in terms of player development, where a lot of these travel teams, they don't have, the, you know, that sort of, you know, big indoor facility for these people to go develop, actually work with their players and stuff like that. But, you know, kind of digging into, obviously, those team practices, these players seeing each other on a week-to-week basis, some of those younger kids even seeing each other multiple times a week. Kind of take us through the benefits you see from that, that maybe other travel or organizations don't, how that maybe helps build that team culture that we're going to kind of dig into next. Um, and kind of take us through that and maybe how that culture is built with all these players seeing each other throughout the offseason on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, so it, having that membership that I just mentioned is is awesome for our players. Um, and, and I'll mention this too. So as our players graduate and go on to play college and professional baseball, they'll come back during the off season too and, and work out here. So one thing I didn't mention from a membership standpoint, we do what we called on-field uh, instruction or on-field training, which pretty much is Monday through Thursday every week where um, our college players will come back and take ground balls or even some of our professional guys will come back and take ground balls with the youth players. And it's, it's a pretty cool experience because it gives those youth players a, an understanding of like, okay, here's a guy that's gone through the organization. Here's a guy that, you know, and you mentioned culture, like that's the stuff that, that adds to the culture that we are putting in place, you know, trying to put in place. And um, I'll just give you like a a great example. One guy that's really stuck around for us uh, has been Zach DeCenzo. Zach graduated uh, from our organization in 2018, I believe it was, and went to play at Ohio State, got drafted by the by the Astros, and is now their number five prospect in their organization. Um, he's an instructor here during the offseason. He also trains here, and uh, and he'll take ground balls and work out with some of our guys uh, throughout the winter. So it, it's pretty cool having those guys be around and and just show – our players that are still, whether they're in high school, middle school, whatever, show those younger players what it takes to, to get to that next level. Um, from the, from the players that have gone through it or, or been our, been in our organization for a little bit, you know, you mentioned culture, they know, they, they hear my spiel every, every November specifically October, November, when, when we have our initial meetings and initial practices, um, about what we're trying to accomplish and what we're trying to trying to do. And I remind them, those high school guys, like, Hey, we have youth guys that are coming in later in the day or, or during the day, uh, you know, if it's a weekend um, that look up to you and, 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 you know, 
we, we ask our high school guys to, to, um, you know, interact with those, those young guys. And, and I mentioned family earlier, it's just a big family. We, we try to have that family feel. And um, I know a lot of organizations, whether they have one team or, or multiple teams, like you might never ever see another, uh, another team within the organization. We try to, we try to merge all of our, um, you know, all, we try to merge all of our organization and, and teams and get them kind of, you know, a, a, a company or, uh, uh, you know, talking and, and, and interacting with each other. We, we just did for the first time this year, a, a, uh, an organizational picnic where we had players from seven U eight U all the way up to 18 U, uh, coming in, eating food, you know, breaking bread, uh, hanging out, playing cornhole, throwing the football, just, just getting, you know, interacting with each other, get, getting the feel of being around different, different people and, and talking baseball and just enjoying, enjoying the company. So I would say that's one thing that we try to do probably differently than most uh, organizations. Like you mentioned, we, we just try to have that family, family feel and, and incorporate that culture from, you know, top to bottom. Yeah, I'm sure. So having that family feel, you know, having some of those pro college guys, those former Bo Jackson elite players coming in and training with, you know, your current players, I'm sure that feels good to know that you guys are doing it right. But also, I also see some college coaches talking very highly about this Bo Jackson Lee program. I believe it was the new Ohio State head coach who these past couple of weeks I have heard a lot of great things about as I've dug into this Ohio baseball scene. I believe he speaks very highly of you guys. I'm sure he's not the only one. Uh, but what does that mean to you? What does that mean for the organization to see guys like that, to see you guys continuously evolve that reputation within these college programs? Kind of what does that mean for you? What does that mean for this Bo Jackson Lee organization? Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome to have those guys talk about us and our, and our players and um, you know, coach, coach Moe's become since, since getting the, the uh, position at Ohio state, he's, he's become a good friend of ours. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome to have, to have coaches talk about us. And, and really, I mean, that's, that's a testament to the culture that we've created with our, our coaches and, and our players and, and our staff and just, getting them prepared for college and, and understanding that when they get to college, it's, you know, it, or, or I should say when they get recruited and, and commit to a college, it's, that's not the end of the road. There's, there's more to it beyond it, uh, beyond just getting recruited and, and committing. Um, so it's, it's, I would say it's just a, it's just awesome to, to know that our players are are prepared and, and going to college and, and ready and, and, you know, doing what they need to, to, to contribute at that level. Yeah, for sure. And as guys are going to that next level, you know, going to that college level, going to that that pro level as well, I believe you said the Astros number five prospect is a Bo Jackson elite alumni, you know, looking into that 2024 class as well. You, know, you guys got Braden Krenzel. Um, I've got what Kellen Klosterman as well. And I'm sure there's some other guys mixed in there as well who are, you know, going to that next level this upcoming year as well. Um, I believe I saw a post that said 50% of the power five commits within the state of Ohio have come from your guys' organization, I guess, Again, take us through, you know, what put you guys ahead of your competitors? What's kind of led to that? Again, kind of take us through maybe what's led to this Bo Jackson elite success these past couple of years to the point to where you're at now, to where you're continuously sending guys to that division one, to that power five level. Yeah, we we, we take pride in, um, in sending guys to the next level, first off. I mean, I think our average, and, and I don't know all the numbers, I, I don't really get too wrapped up into it, but I think we've sent like 30 and a half players to college from 2018 through now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which is a pretty good number. I mean, it's, it's two plus teams, uh, uh, a graduating class. So, um, 
yeah, we just pride ourselves on, on developing players and, and, you know, we, we have, like I mentioned before, we have those connections. Um, we've tried to, you know, build those connections, I should say, from, from the ground up with, with college programs and understanding their, their needs. And, and then on top of it are on the flip side, um, preparing our players for, for that next level. Uh, we've, we've got guys that have gone through it. We've got college coaches, former college coaches on staff that, that know what colleges look for and, um, just having those players or, or having our players, uh, you know, fit those needs and, and trying to connect those dots as best we can and, and help them find the right fits and, um, you know, ultimately preparing them for that, for that level. That's, that's really what we've prided ourselves on, uh, since our inception, I would say that's really where, whatever those numbers are that you just mentioned, where, where, where those, where those numbers have, have really come from and, um, why we've been so successful in sending players to, to the next level. I, I mean, we, we talk about development all, all the time and, and that's really the, the core of, of what we're about and, and getting them developed and, and prepared, like I said before, really prepared for what's next for them. So, okay. So, you know, obviously as we talk about some of the success stories within Bo Jackson elite, you know, talking about um, everything that's going on there, that's led to a great team culture, a great, you know, guys go and practice and all that different types of stuff. I do kind of want to dig into the construction of some of these teams, how you kind of, how you guys kind of go about it, you know, whether that's a tryout process, whether that's going and finding guys, take us through, what does that look like on a year to year basis? Tryout wise, what's that process? Is everyone kind of maybe trying out together? Take us through how you guys on a year to year basis go about finding those Bo Jackson players. Yeah. Yeah. So we host tryouts in, in July, probably like most teams around, uh, around the country. Um, we ha- we haven't moved into j- to June yet, like probably most organizations. We we try to we try to jive our our tryouts with the end of with the end dates of each of our teams. So we host our tryouts in July, and uh, I would say a majority of our players come from those tryouts. Um, there are some players that will come either recommended from a high school coach or via word of mouth that we'll we'll get players from, but. Um, yeah, trial process is, is mainly how we get our players. Um, and then, I, I mean, our, our coaches are so connected that, you know, I, I, I think social media has become so, so, uh, so useful for us too, where I think, I think players see us and see what we do and, and they'll reach out to us and, and, or, or our coaches at whatever level. And uh, that's really, that's really how we've gotten the players that we have. Um I would say that the coaches that we have in place from, from, from the team side of it, uh, those guys know what they need. They, they know their groups the best. Um, I always joke as, as we get into the trial time, like I'm not the one building these rosters. It's, it's really a collaboration between myself and our coaches. They know their roster the best. They know where everyone fits and you know, what everyone's strengths and weaknesses are. Um, so I, I lean on them for the most part when we, when we build rosters and, um, yeah, we get through tryouts and, you know, uh, see what we need and um, go from there. So okay. so you talk about your, all your coaches being pretty interconnected. Obviously, you talk about social media and the importance of that, seeing everything that's going on, enticing some of those players to come to those tryouts, to come to those Bo Jackson League tryouts. One, I guess maybe this might be a loaded question here for you, but let's say – Obviously, there's guys who move around from team to team every summer, guys who's playing for one team one summer, guys who are going to another. Let's say there's a guy who's interested in going to a Bo Jackson Elite tryout. What does that recruiting pitch 
to get him there, where are some of the benefits he sees? Obviously, if he listens to his podcast, he'll get to hear about all the benefits. But what is that recruiting pitch? Kind of give us what that would look like to a guy who's thinking about going to a Bo Jackson Lee tryout. Yeah, look, I mean, I I joke every year, like, I'm not a salesman uh, at heart, really. I I mean, I th- there's there's parts of, of my job and stuff that are sales and, and all that stuff, but – for me, man, I, I mean, the 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 biggest thing for me is I want players that want to play for our organization and that are invested in the process, invested in getting themselves better and, and preparing for the next level. I I, uh, I try to be careful with with you know I think a lot of players that enter into our organization and and maybe this is getting too deep in the weeds, Jace, but my first spiel to players in November is just because you walk through our doors doesn't make you a, a better baseball player. doesn't just, you know, doesn't make you a college prospect, any of that stuff. We, we want guys that are invested in themselves and their careers and um, you know, we'll, we'll help them along the way. So that's, that's usually my sales pitch, if you will, to, to players is if you're invested, if, if you're serious about playing baseball and playing at the next level and getting better, um, we're going to help you. We're going to, we're going to help, give you the guidance and, and and give you the the resources to ultimately get to, to whatever that next level is for you. But, um, you know, I, that's, that's really, I think what, what we offer, what, what our biggest thing is on top of all the development and, and all of that stuff. I mean, we've, we've been able to get guys in front of the eyes of, of college coaches at, at, uh, at the high school levels. Um, and, um, you know, we have coaches contacting us every single day about, X guy, Y guy, whatever, uh, or even asking like, Hey, we have needs at this level or, or at this position, that position, do you know a guy, do you have a guy? So I would just say that those connections are, are really, um, on top of the development, really things that we pride ourselves on. And, um, you know, things that I try to make our players aware of as they enter into our, our tryouts in our organization. Okay. So obviously let's kind of move away from, the recruitment to Bo Jackson Elite, obviously all the benefits that come with that. To again, you talk about the connections you guys have with college coaches, getting your players in front of those eyes of some of these college programs, some of these college staffs. Obviously, that's a huge that's a huge part of your role, I'm sure, in terms of getting guys to that next level. Again, as you talked about, that's one of your guys' goals. I guess kind of take us through the role you play in recruiting, what that looks like in terms of helping a player find that right college, get in contact with coaches. What does that look like for you in terms of helping kids get to that next level, get that, get to that collegiate level? Yeah. So uh, I would say, at, I'll start with this every year we, we do a uh, an organizational meeting and then following that meeting myself and Jordan Cairo, who's our hitting coordinator, we, uh, we jump on a, what we call our, our recruiting call with our high school athletes. And uh, we just go down go down the list of, of, Hey, here's what you guys need to do. Um, having Jordan's awesome. He's the scouting director with, with prep baseball report. He, he really talks on a very surface level of, of here's, here's what you need to do. You know, not, he's not selling PBR. He's not selling colleges. He's not doing any of that. He's just helping them understand what, what puts you at, at a good, um, or what, what, gives you that opportunity to get recruited what regardless of what level you're at um and then my my spiel in that recruiting talk is usually okay here's what 
here's the resources that I offer that, that I can offer to you guys, uh, or not just myself, but our organization can offer to you guys. And here's what you guys need to do. And uh, so a couple of things that we offer our players, we have a recruiting handbook that I wrote, I don't know how, seven years ago or whatever. When I first got hired, I spent days and days and days writing this recruiting handbook, which lays out everything from um, terminology within the recruiting process. What's a dead period? What's a contact period um, to recruiting calendars. And I update it every single year with the NCAA recruiting calendar to how to reach out to a college coach, what to put in, in a, in a, uh, an initial email, what to put up, what to put in a follow-up email. Um, so I'll give that to our players. And then I'll also uh, give them a sample recruiting worksheet, which is where I have them start brainstorming and, and doing the research on their own. What, uh, colleges they have interest in what, you know, starting with like, what, what do I want to major in? What am I looking for in a college? Uh, is it, you know, is it, uh, level, is it location, whatever the case may be. And, and they go through and do a target list, a reach list and a fallback list. And, uh, they're, they've always, they've all been really good at it. If they want to play in college, they've all been really good at, at going through that, that exercise and, and sharing it with myself and their, their high school coaches. And then we are, sorry, not their high school, their uh, travel coaches. And then we have the honest conversations with them about, okay, well, you know, here's what you have, here's what you need to do. You know, have you gone through this communication? And, and we just have that kind of open, open dialogue with our players that, that go through that exercise and, and want to play in college. So that's, that's really how, from an internal standpoint, like I said, how, how we go about helping them, begin that recruiting process. And then as they go down the line, that list of, of target reach fallback changes. And we just kind of keep that as an open working document for them that they can work through on their own with their parents as they send out emails, as they go to camps and it just kind of this ongoing cycle. So. Yeah, I'm sure. And I, I love that. And that's probably the most in-depth that I've actually seen a program go so far. Obviously, you know, I talked to a lot of these, you know, Canes National and stuff like that, where they're, you know, constantly, constantly helping guys get to that next level. But that might be the most in-depth I've seen when it comes to actually that recruiting handbook, you know, kind of going through the step-by-step, the -step, you know, going through and actually helping these kids find that right school for them. You know, I love that. You know, I think that's a great thing. But, you know, going I, I through – Real quick, Chase, I would say the other thing too, and I, I didn't, we, everyone talks about like prep baseball for a perfect game. The other thing I, I, I didn't mention was usually like if, if a kid comes up to us and, and wants to play at a school, one of the things we try to do, do too is like we say, hey, why don't you go on PVR? Why don't you go on perfect game? Try and compare your measurables to someone that plays the same position or, or positions that went to this school. So if they want to play at Ohio State and they play, say, shorts up, hey, compare your measurables, compare your, your exit velocity, compare your running time. And obviously that's not a perfect science, but it gives them a good, um, it gives them good goals to, to shoot for as they go through their development. And of course it helps us um, set goals for them as we go through the off season. So, you know, obviously what was it probably seven, eight years ago, you said you created that recruiting handbook. So I'm sure as you've gone through working for Boba Jackson elite, you've created a lot of great relationships with college coaches Take us through how those relationships have maybe evolved, maybe some of the relationships that they're looking like now. I know you said you have a great relationship with that new Ohio State head coach when they came in, that new coaching staff. 
I just take us through through the years. How has that relationship evolved? What are maybe some of the things you've learned as you've seen different kids go through recruiting processes? That's kind of take us through just how everything's evolved these past seven or eight years. Yeah, biggest thing when I when I was hired, I I would say I was pretty surface level when it comes to relationships with college coaches. Like I, I didn't have a lot of connections. Um, they really just evolved from from me reaching out or or meeting people you know, being around, whether it's through things that we offer at the facility, you know, we, we do a college, college uh, development camp every summer, I, I every summer and fall, actually. Uh, and ha we have college coaches come in and work those. And we've, be I've been able to build relationships with college coaches through that avenue. And then also going to coaches clinics and, and various things like that, where just make those connections. And baseball is such a super tight knit community that like everybody knows everybody. So like, if I don't have a contact for a certain school, odds are I can probably get it through somebody, you know, through a guy that knows a guy. Right. So that's really how I've been able to build those, those connections. Um, and then I would say just, just as we've really grown organically, I, I think coaches have seen what we do, what we offer the players that come out of, of our organization. I think that's really where they've, where, where college coaches have, have uh, gained, um, gain an understanding of, of who we are and what we offer and, and uh, from a player standpoint. And um, we just had kind of that mutual, you know, mutual uh, connecting points to where, like I said before, if, if they, if, if a school has a need for a guy, we'll, we'll get uh, a text or, uh, or an email or shoot even a, a Twitter DM or XDM, what do we call it now? Uh, <laughs> saying, Hey, do you have any guys at, at this level looking, you know, looking, we're looking for this or that or, or whatever. So um, that's really how I would say it's evolved. Uh, I don't know if there's a, you know, a, a perfect science to it. I would just say like, you know, just build those connections, find ways to build those connections and, uh, and talk to people that are in the, you know, in the same, in the same uh, room as you, if you will, like if you're, if you go to ABCA or you go to um, the Ohio high school, clinic just like make those connections that's really what how i've built mine my, my connections so okay. so as we talk about how recruiting has changed over these past couple of years obviously one of the big things that new instability rule came into effect last spring Co college coaches can't go after kids before august 1st of their junior year how do you kind of see that affecting potentially just travel baseball as a whole how do you see that affecting bo jackson elite in any way kind of take us through maybe how you see that going on and with that new rule how it might affect you guys yeah, it's interesting. Um, we're still kind of figuring it out. Uh, I would say this past year has been been interesting. Uh, so I coach our 2026 age group, and uh, what probably would have been a big recruiting um, or exposure year, we'll use the word exposure, uh, during the summer probably wasn't as big as we thought it was going to be. Um, I would say – one thing I, I think, and, and this there, I think there's so many angles to it. I, I think one thing that the the um, the new rule is is kind of forcing players to do, and and I think all these things kind of work together. The the transfer portal and and junior college, I think they all kind of come into play here. It, it forces players to focus on development. It forces players to hit the weight room and and really get their grades up. So that way, once junior year comes they're, they're ready to go. I think before, like you, you had your dudes that, that would get seen, maybe even some fringe guys that would get seen early 
But now I, I think, like I said, I think it forces guys to really prepare for junior year and beyond. Um, from the college side, like I mentioned, I coach at Ohio Wesleyan. I think you see more guys, you know, that are maybe late signs or, or guys that were, would have been late signs before I should say, end up kind of trickling down to D2 and D3 baseball. So I think those levels are becoming a, a lot more, a, a lot stronger, a lot more competitive than, than ever before as well. But again, it's, I think it's still taking shape with the new rules. It'll be interesting this year and, and next year to see, um, what the recruiting landscape continues to look like. Again, I've, I've got our 2026s and I would say they, they've been one of the ones that have been the most affected by it. We've, we had a couple guys or we have a couple guys currently committed to, uh, to division one schools and they committed before that, that change, that rule change. And of course, you know, there might've been guys that were talking to schools that, you know, that wall comes up, they can't talk to those schools now. So now they've got to figure out, okay, what do I need to do now to prepare myself for, for next year, uh, August 1st. So yeah, it's, we're still figuring it out, but it's, uh, it's been an interesting, it's been an interesting process on our end to kind of navigate and help, help players navigate. So. Yeah, for sure. That's uh that class of 2026. I'm sure that that first week, August 1st, I mean, that's going to be huge. I'll see, I'm sure we'll see commitment after commitment, you know, going through those first couple of weeks of August. I mean, the class of 2025 was even a lot, but I'm sure 26 will be even more. And then kind of that class of 2027 is kind of where we'll see the whole, you know, I guess it kind of really going to affect pretty much everybody in that 27 class, except for, you know, the top of the top, you know, top 15 guys who committed before that new uh, rule there for that class of 2027. But um, kind of moving away from the on the field side to I got one question about the business side of Bo Jackson Elite. You know, as I'm scrolling through, I'm seeing that Nike logo all over the place. Assuming that probably means you guys have some sort of Nike partnership between Bo Jackson Elite and Nike. Just take us through. Did you play a role within that partnership? If so, take us through how it went about, how it evolves Bo Jackson Elite even further to be one of those premier programs within the Midwest. Kind of take us through that Nike partnership. Yeah, so obviously, you know, Bo Jackson's name is is in our is in our our title. Uh, Bo has a deal with with Nike, and that's really how that Nike partnership came about. But yeah, we are partnered with Nike. Uh, the jerseys we wear are Nike. Um, that's uh, plain and simple. I didn't have any anything to do with it. It's it's been there for for years, even before I was uh, I was around. So having having Bo Jackson as as a uh, you know, as a, as a representative of, of us gives us that opportunity to be partnered with Nike. Okay. So you know, obviously Bo Jackson here, kind of this, we're kind of winding down to these last couple of questions here on the podcast. So with this being the Bo Jackson elite squad, you guys being a part of that Bo Dome, I know you said there's a Bo Dome in Lockport, Illinois. You said there's a third one rolling around somewhere. Not sure where that's at, but you know, also, what is, also is that, that, is that one also in Illinois? Okay. I remember when I did an Illinois series, I remember someone kept talking about the Bow Dome in South Chicago. I think there's one in North Chicago too, I believe. But uh, I just going to take us through, you know, what's Bo Jackson's relationship to you guys, to the stuff in Illinois as well? Like what is that relationship with, with him and these organizations? Yeah. So um, he is a partner, part owner, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he, he lives in Chicago. So that's essentially how that, came about um our owner and and him and i don't know the the whole story uh, off the top of my head but our owner and him kind of connected and wanting to um you know start a start a facility if you will and um 
of changed the lives of, of, of players around Chicago. And um, when they started branching out, we just, we kept the, kept the same name, obviously. And um, from the Bo Jackson elite side, we, we felt because Bo's name is a little bit more well-known nationally. We, uh, we kept Bo Jackson within our travel team name as Bo Jackson elite versus Kangelosi, um, who is also our, a, a partner within our or our organization. I don't know if you know John Cangelos. He played professionally, played with the uh, the Pirates, was on the '97 uh, Marlins team that won the World Series. Um, he is, uh, uh, I believe, the owner of our baseball entity. Uh, but like I said, kept Bo's name for the travel portion of our of our business because it's it's more nationally known and, and people you know people recognize that name over over anything else so all right brandon final question here for you obviously we've talked a lot about this bo jackson lee squad we've talked about your coaching career talked about all these benefits that these players are seeing when they're playing for bo jackson elite down to that final question as you kind of look ahead to this offseason go ahead to this upcoming summer and everything you guys got going on there potentially two three years down the road as well looking ahead what would be that vision you have for Bo Jackson Elite for yourself? Kind of take us through what these next couple of years might look like for you guys. Yeah, just hoping to continue to to grow our our teams and um, our, our organization from a a national brand. Uh, I don't I don't know if we'll ever get as as big as a like a Canes national or anything like that. But uh, you know, continue to to just be a a hub for players in Ohio and, and uh, I should say central Ohio, central Ohio and around the state to come and, and develop and, and, and get better and, and hopefully, you know, reach that next level of their baseball career. That That's really my ultimate goal is just to become, you know, a, a, a top organization within the Midwest, uh, which I think we are, we're already on that track um, and, and just continue to send, send players to college and, and give them a, an opportunity that, you know, maybe they didn't have before, or maybe it was not as great as, as, you know, before, as it could be with, with uh, our connections and our, um, our training and development. So that, that's kind of where I see our organization, our organization moving forward. Um, Just continue to be a resource and and hopefully, hopefully bring in top talent and, and top coaches to, to continue to provide, uh, or to add to that culture that we, we already have. So. Okay. Awesome. Well, like I said, that's the final question here for you on the J care podcast. You know, first off, I do really appreciate you coming on the show. It was great meeting you. Great. Getting to learn everything that Bo Jackson Elite has to offer for some of these guys. Hopefully we get some guys listening who are interested in joining that squad, maybe adding a couple guys to that roster. But again, just really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how you guys grow here these next couple of years. But again, man, just, just appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate you, Jace. Thanks for having me on.